0: All right, welcome to Broadway Bullet, Volume 208 for May 8th, 2008. I'm your host, Michael Gilbo, and we got a lot of great stuff for you, including the actors and writers of Title of Show, Jeff Bowen and Hunter Bell uh, from Title of Show. Yep, that's coming to Broadway in July, and they're here in the studio to get up close. And they also ask a lot of uh, fan questions that people on the Facebook fan page submitted. So uh, then we're also going to hear from... Uh, a couple other plays, Don't Worry, Be Jewish. We're going to hear a song from Jeremy Schoenfeld's 37 Notebooks. Uh, yeah, overall, we got a lot of great stuff for you. I also want to let you know, we redesigned the whole website at broadwaybullet.com, so it's worth taking another look. We now have got free classifieds that anybody can post. Uh, looking for a collaborator, looking for an apartment, a roommate, uh, audition notices, uh, whatever, And it's free. And we tried this a while ago and it didn't work, but I assure you it's working now. So uh, get up there and you can post your classifieds and look for other things and know you're reaching theater people. Uh, anyone, any registered user can also post their events on the show. Our forums are easier to read. A whole lot of stuff. So uh, get back to broadwaybullet.com and check it out. I also went on location to Almost an Evening and talked with a lot of people we don't normally get to talk to on the show. Uh, we're kind of be bookending all the segments with that. So before we get to our first interview, uh, let's check in to some people I talked to at Almost an Evening. All right, well, I'm here on location at Almost an Evening. The show hasn't started yet. I'm talking with Joseph, the box office manager for 45 Bleaker. How you doing? Good so far today. <laughs> so, have you gotten a chance to see the show yet? No, I haven't. I'm dying to, though. Everyone raves about it; says it's wonderful. So, they don't let you out behind the box office to see your shows? No, I'm trapped like a bird in a gilded cage. But actually, I do want to see it before F. Murray leaves the show. I hear he's phenomenal. Yeah, an Oscar winner right here in uh, Forty Five yeah, Bleaker. Two, actually. If yeah. you count Ethan Cohen. Yeah, has he come in? Have you talked to him? Oh, yeah, he's come in several times. Wonderful man. All right. Well, thanks, and uh, hope you get a chance to see the show soon. I hope so too. On the boards. Substitution is a new drama that has just opened from the new uh, producing group's playwrights realm. And uh, centers around a couple of younger characters. We've got two of them here with us. Brandon Espinoza and Shanna Dowdswell. Yes. I got it right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. We got got uh, two teenagers in here, right? Yes. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Somewhat playing teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Number, now you both look so young, but Brandon, how old are you?
2: I'm 25. Yeah. Yeah,
4: he's he's. I am old. older. I'm <laughs> <laughs> According
2: to her, I'm old.
0: Yeah. I, I never would have guessed. You look younger than Shauna. Well, good. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank wow. you. Actually,
5: that's yeah.
0: <laughs> well, before we continue, why don't we start off by you uh, tell us a little bit what about what substitution is about?
2: Oh, substitution. Uh, it's actually uh revolves around um the a mother who is mourning the loss of her son who died in this uh, tragic boat accident uh, on a school trip. And this substitute teacher who uh, we come to find out had this, like, special bond with her son. Um, and we play uh, these two teenagers who were on, on the boat. So it's a look back at uh, the bus ride leading to the boat. And, and then the present—well, at— the moment, which is the mother and substitute teacher, and their,
6: you know, relationship, relationship
2: and what happens with that, with with his relationship with her yeah. <laughs> and our yeah, relationship, each other. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's two different stories.
4: Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. So who else in the cast with you? I know there's a.
2: Oh, we have a uh, Jen Maxwell. It
5: was amazing.
2: Yeah, and Kieran Campion, who plays the uh, teacher. Yeah. So it's uh. It's quite a cast. Yeah. <laughs> Only four of us, but yeah, it's a it's a great group. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I, a, I, I want to focus on a couple of questions. I know we have a lot of younger listeners, and it's nice to actually talk to a couple of younger people that they might be able to relate with. And I'm sure you both have two different perspectives on acting in New York. Um, Shauna, you were actually a teenager, right? Yes. How old are you? Nineteen. Nineteen. What is it like being so young? And you've already got, like, Playwrights Horizons under your belt. And
5: mm-hmm. Is that right? Uh, I did Paper Mill Playhouse. and oh, Paper Jersey. Mill Playhouse. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah.
0: Okay.
5: <laughs> well, yeah, that would have been nice. Still a 12,
0: but uh, Paper Mill's still a pretty good yeah, thing yeah. to have under your belt. What is it like, um, you know, auditioning and going around and in, in the city being so young? Do you Oh,
5: well, I'm so used to it that I kind of <laughs> feel old in that sense. I mean, I've been doing it since I was four years old, so... It's kind of just. Uh, did you uh, did you do heavy. a commercial with a cereal box and? I don't
0: no, <laughs> I never actually did
5: those. I did the I did a Huggies ad when I was like two or something, but uh, that that was about it. Um, yeah, but it, it's just, it, I mean, it's hard. It's difficult. It's just like any other actor in New York City. It's difficult. It's it's a crazy business. So.
2: She also went to high school for. Acting as well. Yeah, she went to PPAS, professional performing arts school, so it's like that's all she's really
5: known. known. ever.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so it's kinda of, oh. it's nothing for
5: her. <laughs> my, my my parents like had me going to, to to theaters with them all the time and they were in acting class and I would go, so yeah. I was around it constantly.
0: How involved have your parents been? I imagine when you're, you know, younger not well not when you're nineteen, um, but younger they they had to be
5: when, you about, I imagine. when I was younger, I mean, my mom mostly, because my father's like, he he does his other thing. So, um, she 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 was the one who's definitely behind me, but now she's my manager.
2: <laughs> Her momager. <laughs>
5: and my momager. <laughs> <There
2: you
5: go>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: And and Brandon, yeah, with your with your young looks, benefit or
2: curse or a little of both. Um, it's a little of both, you know. Um. I, I mean, I'm glad it's, it's it's, you know, worked to my benefit to, mm-hmm. to be young. I've been playing a lot of younger roles. But, you know, after a while, it would be nice to play l- <laughs> a little bit older. But, it you know, whatever happens, it, it's totally fine. I mean, for the most part, it's been a benefit, definitely. And what's your so,
0: background? Are you from New York? Or uh, I'm from New York? from
2: New York. I grew up in Queens. Um, I started theater at a young age, too. I started when I was 10. Um, and, yeah, I've been doing it ever since. And my parents have no... Theater history at all. They haven't, you know, weren't involved in in acting, um, which is kind of funny how I got involved. In it. But uh, yeah, yeah, I've been doing it for a while. I went to um, uh, uh, I'm sorry, LaGuardia High School. Performing Arts High School.
5: That's which is my rival high school.
2: Yeah, there you go. Yeah. But how do the rival performing arts schools handle it?
0: Our
5: production of West Side stories
0: It's funny.
2: I actually, house. yeah, my friend. <laughs> I had a couple of friends uh, who went to PPAS, and I didn't really. I think PPAS considered it a rivalry, as we really didn't. No, like, way! no, because I don't. I swear to you, I had no. Okay, I, I didn't. Would- Go ahead. I don't really... I went to
5: LaGuardia to go uh, look at it for when I was going into high school, and um, I would see stuff written in the bathroom stalls like, p b a s sucks. So...
4: Oh, uh,
2: that's probably that long was, that after was long I was after gone. Was gone. <laughs> I don't know. I don't but, know. Or yeah. before you, remember? She I mean, was... yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, no, it was after no, you, yeah. Yeah. It was after me, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I at least from what I know, I didn't really... No. Oh, isn't
5: Maybe know. back in your day. <laughs>
2: <laughs> maybe, maybe. I don't know. But, yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, I kind of was involved in it at such a young age that, it's, you know. It's so,
0: really... I'm kind of curious how, the you know, in most high schools growing up, you know, the kids doing theater are, you know, the dweebs of the school. <laughs> you know, bucking convention. Yeah. What, what is it like being in a school surrounded with everybody doing the
5: arts? Sweet.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's great, you know, with what, know, determines, it's, it's, what determines who's nerdy? Though?
4: <laughs> oh, in, in LaGuardia. Oh. <laughs>
2: well, oh <boy. laughs> I don't know. Uh, oh. I mean, there are the thing is there are people who involve like um, who are really into theater or uh, who do theater and enjoy it, but who aren't don't surround themselves constantly with it. And I guess those are the people it. who, in high school, I guess I like would be considered like the the theater nerds or whatnot. Yeah. Like I was involved in theater, you know, my whole life practically. And and you know, I I, I don't constantly surround myself with it. Like I'm I still, like as a kid, especially I was in, always involved in sports and and other things. Um, but I don't know. I I don't. I mean, I guess that's pretty much what we considered the nerd, but at the same time, I guess we all are, you know, (laughs) because we all are involved in the arts, and, you know, I guess a lot of people might think that's, you know, a bit dorky in high school, but...
0: I'm going to get at those performing arts schools. How cross-disciplined are you guys? Did you guys also have to take a lot of music and dance and blah, blah, blah?
2: For us, uh, for the Guardia, they had majors. Like, you had to audition to get into high school. So did we. We also
5: had majors. Um,
2: but we had, you know, strictly like voice majors, dance majors, drama, uh, visual arts, and instrumental, um, and you couldn't cross over. That's the thing. Like, you if couldn't? you no, if you did voice, you know, that's what you, that was your major uh-huh. for however many years. I mean, if anything, if you wanted to transfer, that's what you could do that after your uh, your freshman year. But that's uh-huh. that's it, and. Um, so, yeah, it was very limited. I mean, you could do... But at the same time, you could do... They have, like, the, the school show, like, the school... Like, the musical or something, and anyone in any major can audition. So that was the only time where you can really cross over into other, uh, um, you know, uh, majors, I guess. Um, and, which was fun, but it, it would have been nice to have, you know, taken other... <laughs> other classes with other majors Yeah, like get the impression it was a different situation well I
5: mean ours, ours is basically the same um, except they didn't have musical theater and we did um, and you could transfer majors in high school and we went from 6th grade to 12th grade and their school is like really really big and has a lot of kids and we had like 400 kids from 6th yeah. to 12th grade
2: yeah so. it's a big it's a big high school yeah, with all those majors, huge. Especially. Yeah, yeah.
5: But they had like really, really amazing theaters. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was our concert
2: me. halls where like the drama desks are are held. Held, yeah. yeah. It's really, it's great. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, back to so. substitution and uh, playwrights realm is the production company.
2: Yes, yeah. Yes. Their first show that they've done, right? Mm-hmm. It is their first show. Catherine Covner and John Diaz, Diaz are the. Uh, Artistic directors of it, mm-hmm. um, and she actually directed *Substitution*. Catherine Coffer and yeah, it's uh, it's great. Anything different
0: about working with a company who's kind of going ground up?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, it's the thing is, it's uh, I would imagine it being for them a little difficult to uh, draw in a crowd just because it's a it's a it's a new theater company, and you know, no one obviously knows much about it, but um you know they they have names out there, so you know I, but for us you know we we you know a lot of people <laughs> when we're telling playwrights, show, they're like, ah oh, playwright show uh, okay. was like it's a new theater company you know you gotta <laughs> tell I mean we I mean we have a great cast, you know, a lot of people know Jan yeah, Maxwell, Maxwell, obviously, <laughs> um so that's helpful, but yeah, I mean at the same time, you know they're still learning about the process i guess as are we um but yeah it's um so far so good though i mean we we have had you know some great audiences so far um considering and you know it's been so far so good so i, I don't know i don't know uh, i mean that would be the only real <laughs> difficulty so now the
0: the show substitutions running through the 17th of may yes, yes. yeah do you guys have any plans yet for afterwards? Or how, how stacked are your projects? <sighs> <laughs> I,
2: I wish. <laughs> We're open. We're open. I okay? wish. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, there's, there's no nothing in the works at the moment. But uh, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> we can only hope. But, okay.
5: Right. Um. You know, every day is a new, like, what it, What? What are you going to do tomorrow? What are we going to be doing the next day? So, you know, it, it's really, that's a constant for actors. Yeah.
2: Yeah. We can. you yeah. be lucky enough <laughs> to get a job right after. That would be great.
4: <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> All right. So the website for the company is playwrightsrealm.com? Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, I know that we have a special discount, 35% discount offer for Broadway Bullet listeners if they uh,
5: oh sweet they go to
0: our website Very and, good. and log in. There's a little thing under offers. They can get cheaper tickets to see the show. Oh, and yeah, really yeah. Cool. They get an even better deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So um Come, come, come. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Brandon Espinoza. Oh, yeah, well, I didn't bring it
2: up, but... Uh, not are related you? to Eden Espinosa. <laughs> that's what about to <laughs> <laughs> An S and a Z are the differences.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. do, you, do you have the snappy answer to that yet? Because I'm sure you get asked that a bit, right? Um,
2: I It's actually, um, I haven't, it's fairly recently where people have really started asking me, so I haven't really thought of anything clever to respond mm. with that. Um, what you need to say is, you know, maybe someone like, we have a different mother and a different... <laughs> <laughs> or I'll just give up and be like, Yeah, you know what? We are related. I'm actually yeah. gonna go see her
4: yeah.
2: and we're gonna sing together. That'll be great. <laughs> so, All right, yeah. Brandon Espinoza and Sean
0: Dowdswell. Yeah. Thank you so much for stopping in. Wish thank you the best you. you best the run and your careers.
2: Thank, thank you. you very much.
0: Here on location at almost an evening, forty five Bleecker, and I'm talking with Nandon, the house manager. How you doing? All right, how are you? Good. Have you had a chance to see the show yet? Probably five times. <laughs> do, you fi- do you find new things every time? Uh, yeah, it changes all the time. So what's been your favorite experience house managing here at 45 Bleeker? Seeing Agent 99 walk in the house from Get Smart.
7: <laughs> Up Close.
0: I, I'm very excited. One of my favorite musicals of the past couple of years is actually going to Broadway. Uh, it's- Woo! Woohoo! Title Show. And I'm also excited because we have got the writers, performers, uh, extraordinaire. We have got Jeff Bowen and Hunter Bell here with us. How are you doing? Hello, Hi, Michael. Hello, Michael. Jeff Bowen, music and lyrics, right? Yes, music and lyrics. And Hunter Bell, book? Book. And both of you playing the leads in the show. I also want to point out i got a bunch of uh, listener questions submitted through our Facebook fan page that we're going to wrap up the interview with.
8: Uh, I'm looking forward to that. I like
0: that. <laughs> But I guess the first question is really quick. I think a lot of our listeners probably maybe know what your show is. But maybe, you know, in a quick nutshell, what is title of show? That, that ever confusing title that makes people go, what, huh? what is title of <laughs> show?
8: Um, 90 Minutes of Awesomeness. Um, we always kind of, our description is a title of show is an original musical comedy uh, that chronicles its own creation so you're seeing uh, a new musical uh, starting with inception to its opening night that's kind of in the nutshell and so it's the journey of these four friends uh, creating a new piece of theater and trying to get it on Broadway. What's that story. Yeah.
0: So meta, it hurts.
8: It hurts your head. To see, to everyone lie down.
0: After I saw the show, I said, wow, they've not only screwed anybody writing a show about doing a musical from now on, they've also screwed anybody trying to be ultra meta because you did both of them perfectly. That's right. Well, <laughs> somebody will come along.
8: This you always know, improves. Someone I mean, will top Some
9: it. whippersnappers got it worked out and even better. Sure. than Title we of the show, that was a piece of garbage. Now we have this new voice. <laughs> You know that'll happen in a couple of years.
0: Now this this <laughs> received its inception. You you guys crammed this together like ultra quick to submit to the New York Musical Theater Festival, right? Mm-hmm. Two thousand
8: four. That's right. Yeah.
0: So how long did it take you to actually get the first draft of this done and, and submitted? Because you hadn't even was was this even an idea before?
8: No. No. I uh my, a buddy of mine uh, James Compton and uh told me about it our day job and said uh, New York Music Theater Festival is accepting submissions. Uh, the deadline at that time was May first. He gave me the email when Jeff? Do you remember? Yeah.
9: May third was, no, was the May third. May third was deadline. the was the deadline. It used to be a lyric in a song. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
8: it's updated. And so we literally had three weeks. And so we sit, we made a pact to use this to get us off our asses a little bit and
9: to create and. Um, And we just committed that whatever it was, whatever we had done in three weeks, we would put it in an envelope and submit it.
8: We made a pact. And that's what we did. That's, honest to God, what we did.
9: Where'd you get that Big Gulp cup, Michael, with that old logo? That looks like... That's That's 7-Eleven. Can you say Big Gulp on the air? Yeah, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Now Now 7-Eleven 7-Eleven
8: presents title of show. I'm going to
9: have to go bill them now. (laughs) (laughs) It's the old-timey logo, listeners. I was so excited when
0: there was 7-Eleven open in Times Square. Wow. I'm wow. from Montana. I like big cups of soda with yeah. ice. <laughs> right. Big Sorry. gulp is
8: a sponsor to title shows, which why we brought <laughs> now, now
9: they are.
0: I'm just saying, free big gulps for the kids a title show. Oh, you can't say that. And you can have a great song. So yeah, after
9: three weeks, we we threw it in, and um, and someone liked it. Yeah, we got
0: we got in. How quickly did it move? from there to its uh, off-Broadway premiere. Well, we
9: had... Well, actually, Laura Kamian, who is one of the producers of Tidal title show, she uh, was working with Manhattan Theatre Source, which is a, a small theater company downtown, and they had... A, she had three nights booked for something to happen, and she asked us, well, whatever it is you guys put in this envelope, you'll, maybe you can at least do it for those three nights at Manhattan Theatre Store. So we were like, oh, good, even if we don't get into the festival, at least we'll get to do this for three nights for, you know, my mom and her friends. Uh, <laughs> which
8: pretty much was, Which is pretty much <laughs> who our
9: audience was for three nights. Um, so there were, like, a hundred. it was 50 seats, and so three nights, 150 people got to see it. And there are some was people... It, I don't know if it was sold out every night. I, or... I think it was. Really? Yeah, I think it was. 150 um, people saw... Yeah. Yeah. So it's like 150 people total the magic. saw it. And so we... Um, What was this? Downtown. Yeah, we did it it there. And between the time of writing it and doing Manhattan Theater Source, we found out that we got into the festival. So then we're like, oh, now we actually really have to do it.
8: That's right. And then the last night of the festival, um, and Laura Shepard did that production, you know, into NYMPH, NYMPH, New York Music Theater Festival, for those who don't know the NYMPH. and that closing night, we got in cahoots, uh, Laura produced it at the festival, and Kevin McCollum came to see uh, a production um, and approached us afterwards and said, this is weird. Who are you guys? What is this? Oh, let's talk about continuing the creation of this. Because at that time, the show ended with us mailing it to the festival, and it was about that. And festival-centric, yeah, pretty festival-centric. And we continued to develop it. Kevin's like, let's talk about this. And... Um, at that point, uh, pretty, re- pretty soon after the festival, he optioned it. And we kind of worked with him, and he just said, just keep creating. And the next step, I think, was he hooked us up to- with the O'Neill Center and... Um, And we went up there and workshopped it a little more. And then uh, throughout the year, there had been like a couple readings, um, you know, like in Chelsea Studios or, um, you know, just in a random rehearsal hall or at a kitchen table of ours. And uh, Doug Abel, Artistic Director of the Vineyard Theatre.
9: he had come to a couple come of to a couple of those readings, readings and
8: said, "I'm interested in this. Would you guys like to do it here?" And that was a dream come true. That was a huge deal because we loved that theater. We it, we respected the kind of work they did. I I don't know. I just I love the vineyard so much because you never know what you're going to see down there, and it's this amazing potpourri of like. It just felt like a great place, a great match for us, and it was. Well,
0: the show is like. It's so transparent in its craft, uh, in, in terms of, I like, I really feel that it was almost like watching an improvisation, albeit really good. I mean, even the music almost seemed like you are watching it, you know, being written on the spot, that it's, you know, that I applaud that. But also, you know, with that first time when I saw the show, I was reading and, and definitely saw that, you know, Hunter, you did the book, and Jeff, you did the music and lyrics. Uh, how How, I guess, how solid was the division? Because it really seemed just... Organic And, like, it was, you know, two guys playing in the sandbox coming up with some really fun stuff. And I'm wondering
9: how... In the
1: creation of the material? It was pretty... I mean, we
9: discuss the points of view of where it is we're going and what the overall arc of the story is. Like, we always will consult with each other that first. But then we'll we'll break into our separate rooms and come up with uh, things. But then we... In turn, come back and present. It's not like I would be like, "This is the song we're doing." The end. Like he'll, he can be like, mm, "Those lyrics are little puppy dogs and rainbows." Like maybe, you know, we'll we're, we have you know, carte blanche to sort of be each other's critic to, to collaborate. collaborate
8: And yeah, it, so there is a real division. I mean, it's a it's a lovely compliment, and it's something I'm really proud of. That somebody watching the show will be like, "They're just this is just happening." Right. And, it, and the truth is, every word, every lyric, and every is scripted. There's no ad libbing in the show at all. There's not one ad lib. It is, you know, to the credit of our director, choreographer Michael Barras. He is very adamant about that because um, about feeling like it's the first time. But you know, there are light cues, there are sound cues, there are things. So it's not it's not an improv comedy troupe. But oh, I know it wasn't yeah. improv. But that was my no. Th- but is that, that, is that but, but I, I think so. it's a compliment. I think I love that because it was our goal. To make it sound like the first time you're, you know, and that how people talk. It, it, it can, can we can we get as close? in a musical comedy to how people actually talk to other people right now, you know, like yeah. in present. And that plays get to do it all the time. Yeah, plays and, do it all the time.
9: And so we were like, well, we want to be able to do this with a musical too. So, And, yeah. to, and, and to the same thing with the music and lyrics, to have them sort of come out of something that would organically be spoken. I mean, of course, sure, we're bursting into song, but what we're saying is kind of what we would be speaking in, in conversation anyway. So. But and, with rhymes.
8: With rhymes. And with delineation too is I – I'm not a lyricist. I want to be a book writer, and the the math and the the talent and the specificity and the time it takes to construct lyrics for songs, it is is not a a forte of mine. And so Jeff is definitely a lyricist. Um, now there'll be times like I might write a scene or something. Jeff, like let's let me try and musicalize this or or put it to
9: song, and. And there are several songs in the show, Dive in Die* Original Musical, and September Song, which are very heavily book-integrated. I mean, there are scenes happening inside Braided the together. songs. and together. So there's a there's definitely a great deal of collaboration that has to happen in those kind of songs. Now, were you guys actors as well before
0: this?
8: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I went to Webster University in St. Louis, Missouri, and I did plays and musicals in high school. It was a big part of my life growing up. And
9: I got a BFA
8: in... Musical theater, a big fucking attitudes. A, <laughs> a and I have a,
9: I, I got a, a bachelor's in theater and performance, as well from Stetson University in Florida, everybody. Um, and yeah, so performance was sort of my background, but uh, but I broke away from that kind of early and did a bunch of other shit involved in theater. You know, everything from website design to marketing to advertising to kind of every every avenue. All right, before we continue
0: with the interview, maybe let's play a song from the show. Um, this is one of my favorites. I, I, one of my favorites, like half the cast album is my favorite. Um, word, but, word, Michael. Uh, this is, one's called Original Musical.
9: Does this need any setup for him? Well, um, Original Musical, we, we kind of... Uh, it's actually the only oleo in the show. It's, it's the an only. Oleo. It's kind of our brush up your Shakespeare uh, of the show. It, which, an n one scene. We bring a right. elaborate
8: drop down <laughs> and <laughs> and we perform.
9: So it's a it is a self contained little mini musical.
8: Uh, you'll hear uh, the hunter plays blank paper who. Uh, meets Jeff on a stoop in my mind you know he's walking down the street and meets Jeff uh, who is uh, trying to think about what to write
9: it's so funny in our mind we actually do have like the way Michael communicated blank paper to us when we were being directed was, like, that we're in this little—we're just in this neighborhood where somebody who is an actual sheet of paper lives. Yeah, just, lives. And there's he walks the, around and he's like, like,
8: morning, milkman. Morning, blank paper. Morning,
9: soft shoe. Or just, like, those just this weird <laughs> things happening. And so they—I always thought that Jeffy knew blank paper, right? Yeah, he knows blank paper. Definitely. Yeah. He's the old crazy guy who— has shit, inspired. Who has shit to spin when he comes <laughs> around. And this is him spinning some shit. All right, let's take a listen.
1: Hey, little guy, why so blue? Well, blank paper, I'm trying to write a musical in two and a half weeks, and I'm a little stuck. Well, motherfucker, why don't I give you a crash course on how to go from a piece of blank paper to a full tilt boogie original musical? Wow, an original musical. That's right, cracker. Now there aren't many of us around, and it's a long journey, so let's get started. Did you just call me a cracker? Are you being black? Motherfucker, I can be anything you want me to be, that's the point! Oh, so you're saying that I want you to be black? Shut your face! I'm an original musical, original musical, those other shows can step to the rear. If you lend me your ear, I'm gonna ease all your fear and tell you all you need is what's right up here. I can't decide if you're trying to be Ben Vereen or Randy Newman. Shut up! You see, a lot of times musicals are based on books, like *The Scarlet Pimpernel* or *Lestat*, and other times they're based on plays, like *Picnic*, which became *Hot September*. But more recently, musicals have been based on movies, like *My Favorite Ear*, *Footloose*, *Dirty Rotten Scoundrels*, *Big*, *Saturday Night Fever*, *The Wedding Singer*, *The Full Monty*, *The Producers*. Thoroughly Modern Millie, Hairspray, Beauty and the Beast, Billy Elliot, Spamalot. Wow, so movies make good musicals? Well, they make musicals. Uh, Well, I'm trying to write a musical about two guys writing a musical about two guys writing a musical. Woo, that sounds like some crazy shit, bitch. But it's original, and I like that. Sing with me. Okay, I'm I'm an an original 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 musical, original musical, like Kwame And Starlight Express. My show could be a success And not a big mess like chess And I'll make Broadway my eternal address Oh, easy, motherfucker, Broadway Let's start with off or off-off And then you can think about the Great White Way But why can't I dream big? Well, if it was a jukebox musical A revival or a recognizable commodity I'd say dream away, biatch But original on Broadway? Baby, that is risky Unless you got some stars in mind Well, we'd love to have Alice Ripley She's fierce. Hey, that's the first time I ever said the word fierce. That's the second. Player, I mean TV stars, pop stars, movie stars like Tony Braxton and Jenna Elfman. But I want our show to be good. You want your ass to make some money. But I believe that a good product with talented people is the way to go. Hiring some talent-free celebrity just lowers the bar and I think audiences deserve better. <laughs> Shit. Audiences want to see Paris Hilton in the apple tree. Who wants to see Paris Hilton in the apple tree? I don't know. A lot of people. Fuck, your ass is crazy, motherfucker. But I fucking like you, and you may just be fucking crazy enough to fucking, fuck it, fuck, fuck, succeed, fucking, fucking, motherfucker. Wow. What's with all the foul language? Is that appropriate or even necessary? I am blank paper. You're blank paper. Make me say something else. I'll say whatever you want me to. Just put your pen to the paper and write. Okay, I will. I will. All right. Now we're talking. Write that original musical Original musical Original in every way Woo! It won't be based on a play Or a movie I pray that Jesus Christ Will help you get to Broadway And you can thank him In your bio someday Wow, people thank Jesus in their bio? People thank the agents Their cats and Jesus Christ Even though they might be Mormon and gay So some Mormons are gay. Sure. Didn't you ever see the National Tour of 1776? Oh yeah!
0: (laughs) All right. So now title show heading to Broadway. So are we adding like glitzy sets and (laughs) the
8: The chorus girls? The capitalization is now fifty million dollars. So take that, young Frankenstein. Uh, No, the what's Interesting about this and in what's interesting us about doing on Broadway is to explore um, w- the discussion of what is a Broadway show, what makes a Broadway show. And I think we are a Broadway show and I've always thought that. And I'm eager for uh, as many people to take the ride and have the opportunity to see the show as possible. It excites me. Um, and so – uh, similar production values to downtown. Um, I mean, the
9: whole point, really, the show... I mean, if we wanted to, we could have buttered you know, up and, and made it a $10 million musical, but...
0: I, I think the big question right. everybody who is already in love with the show wants to know is, has this been ruined for
9: Broadway for tourists from Ohio? Well, there were people who thought that we ruined it at the Vineyard from the <laughs> festival, so
8: there's, a,
4: there's enough people out there who...
8: Um, it's ruined... No, I don't think we—I think it feels pretty pure in its intent as we move uptown.
9: Yeah,
4: I mean, Um,
8: we
9: deliberately have to keep it small. And we have— And that is
8: part of the content. I
9: mean, the the question you ask influences the content. Right. And it is our—and as as Hunter said, we're were trying to wipe the slate clean of of what the perception of a Broadway musical is. Um, Because I believe that we—I believe it's time for— for people to sort of demand a higher quality of beef. Not that there's not high quality stuff out there, but just sort of why don't we reevaluate what it is we think a Broadway musical is? And we and the and the greatest thing is our producers and our designers and the ad the ad company and the marketing company and every everyone who's involved in a creative aspect of the show is getting to question their own Purpose in the business, they're they're getting to question through advertising and marketing and producing like, what is what is a Broadway musical that we produce? What is a Broadway musical that we advertise? So we like that we have inspired uh, and challenged uh, all of the collaborators who are involved in title of show to also ex- to kind of you know pull the curtain back and expose, you know, the little old man behind the the curtain that is pretending there's a bunch of pretension, you know, that there's this whole other thing happening when really there's. Not, <laughs> yeah, and it's also not. I don't. I love a big splashy and We're not
8: anti spectacle, and I think our show is spectacular with different things. I mean, with I know ideas, what people mean with like ideas, a, 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 and yeah, I think that is. And I think they can coexist. I like to think I want uh, a, a busload of people to come into the city, and I want them to go see a, a ten million gazillion dollar musical, and I want them to come see title show and have those experiences coexist. And I think. I mean, I'll,
9: I'll go watch a bunch of people dance at a fountain. Like that's totally exciting. I loved and, it. That was yeah. exciting. And, and um,
4: so we're adding so a fountain. We're
9: <laughs> and a helicopter. We said we want a helicopter with a chandelier attached. to The helicopter on, <laughs> on a turntable. Um, so yeah, up. I mean, there's definitely there's room. I guess what it is is there's room for a lot more. I would like to believe that I would like audiences to to be like, you know what, I can I'll take I'll take anything, you know, if it's good.
8: And we talk and, about too and. Uh, you know, people – you don't blink your eyes for a second when you see a play on Broadway if it's one person, two person, three people, four people. So it's interesting to challenge this idea um,
0: that a musical has to be – Well, the play on Broadway right. usually has like, you know, Harrison Ford. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> and no, absolutely. And same thing with small musicals. So like, we. We have Harrison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, spoiler <laughs> alert. Um, and nothing I say is meant to slam you because like I said, it no, my it's my favorite it's, show of the past.
8: It, it's, I, don't I don't take this at all. And it's what – kind of excites us the most to have the opportunity to go to Broadway, to have the conversations to or start a conversation. My, in my mind, I was like, I don't think title shows all the answers, but I like asking these questions. And I like starting a conversation. And some people, it's not their jam at all. And some people, I think it'll be their absolute favorite thing. But I love having the opportunity to how people question well what do you want to see on Broadway what did you, did you like this do you do you need the chandelier do you not need the chandelier are ideas enough or is it ideas plus the chandelier is big equal better um, do you need to have a star you know like w- what makes a quality evening of theater that's mm-hmm. the question and we don't and we don't have the answer but we're and it'll be the it'll, the answer is different for everybody who right. sees it mm-hmm. um but I want the chance to participate on that, you know, in that arena, and that's what's thrilling to get at. Yeah.
0: All right, well, let's take a, a second to listen to one more song from the show before we get to our listener questions. I'm um, oh,
8: excited. Uh,
0: we're gonna play uh, "Way Back to Then," which mm-hmm. uh, I think has already kind of become a cabaret
9: standard out there. Um, do you want to set this one up at all? Um, sure. "A Way Back to Then" was written for Heidi Blickenstaff. The lady, one of the pretty ladies one on our the show. One of the pretty ladies, Susan Blackwell the is the other pretty lady,
8: and Larry Presco is the other
9: pretty lady. He is pretty lady too. <laughs> um, we um, we wrote this song. Uh, I wrote the song. We I say we because we all kind of have a, have something to say about everything. Um, I guess this was written before before we went up to the O'Neill Center, and just this is a, a character. The character sort of in w- with one person's point of view. She sort of. S- uh, sums up the journey uh, for all of her friends on the stage and sort of what a lot of people go through uh, in the life of pursuing uh, a career as an artist in in New York City moving to New York and uh, you know trying to make it try, trying to make a mark for yourself and uh, this is her 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 story
8: of I always think is. too I can add no, something? Sure. like for me it's remembering or trying to find that playful place of remembering why you do what you do or what what was the spark that drove you to do what you do
9: and heidi and title showcase it's musical theater but right for, anyone, for anybody anyone else like you know like there was a time there's a time in our lives probably when we were very little where we were allowed to just play, and there was no one, you weren't being scrutinized, you weren't being judged, you weren't being criticized, you were just getting to have ideas and invent things, and we forget that that was actually part of our life once, and the song is about that. All right, let's take a listen.
10: Dancing in the backyard, Kool-Aid mustache and butterfly wings, hearing Andrea McArdle sing from the hi-fi in the dance. I've been waiting my whole life to find a way back to then. I aimed for the sky a nine-year-old can see so far. I'll conquer the world and be a star. I'll do it all by the time I'm ten. I would know that confidence way back to then so i bailed on my hometown and became a college theater dork i was eastbound and down moving to new york so i crammed my life in a u-haul to find my part of it all But the mundane sets in. We play by the rules and plow through the days. The years take us miles away from the time we wondered when. We'd find a way back to then. And when you least expect opportunity walks through the door. You suddenly connect with the thing that you forgot that you've been looking for. Kick-Ass Time!
1: And we're, and we're back. back. Like
0: man back. in the box. All right. So, so the day before we did this interview, I put up a, a post to our Facebook fans saying <laughs> oh, we're doing so this. Cool. And gave them the opportunity to submit some of their questions for you. Uh, this, is the, this, this, is is this is the first
8: time I think we've done something like this. So Get ready for the lies.
0: So, so, <laughs> some are deep. Some are silly. But I think it oh. all. So this one is from uh, Christopher Michael Sizz. C-Z-Y-Z. Says, hi,
8: Christopher. You're on the air. No, you're not. This is a, he's reading
0: it. <laughs> I just wanted to should, say that. Should I do a character voice? <laughs> no. Yo, uh, w- what is your
9: favorite DC superhero and why?
8: Uh, uh, now, that's just, Christopher, you've made Jeff Bowen's life with that question.
9: My favorite DC... That's really a hard question because I, I, I could put them all in my pocket right now. Um, I think Wonder Woman because uh, only because I... I I was obsessed with the TV show when I was a kid, and it's what got me um, reading comics. And I was an artist—or I am an artist, and so I've drawn forever. And that character and that style and that story is what kind of got me into comics. And, you know—and I don't know that I necessarily—I mean, she's pretty righteous, and she stands for something that's uh, good— but I have some issues with what some of the writers uh, do to her character every now and then. I'm a dork when it comes to the, the – <laughs> Comic-Con. Was there
8: like, a Wonder Woman I went to Comic-Con. Comic-Con.
9: Um, you like know, there were people booth? dressed up like Wonder Woman. And awesome. Was, yeah, she was everywhere.
8: <laughs> were there any boys dressed up like Wonder Woman? That's a different <laughs> no, convention. in their minds. I'm, I'm sure. sure. <laughs> Or, uh, mine is Blue Beetle just for the Oh, record. you do like
9: Blue Beetle, I'm right? Like Blue Beetle. Ted Cord. the Ted Kord, Ted Kord. Kord. Beetle. Not the... Jeff introduced
8: fan. me. So, you know, Jeff's an avid comic fan and what's been interesting is he like, I think you would like this storyline and I'll get hooked up and start reading something. And it kind of rocked my world. Like some of the writing, like just the actual s- script, book writing, we call it, is beautiful storytelling. It was...
9: Like pre- it. He read... Pre- I made him read Prelude to Infinite Crisis for any of you comic people who really want to know specifically what it is we're talking yeah. about. And it... And it devastated and it was Ted upsetting. Ford, like, he dies at the end. And then he's like,
4: what? Why did you have me
9: read this? So Ted Core Blue Beetle, Christopher,
0: is Hunter's favorite DC oh. character. All right. Our next question is from Sierra Fox from William Tennant High School. Who go, Hello Hello William Tennant. Tennant. Cat. What's your mascot? Like, how much input did Heidi and Susan have in creating the roles? Um, I'm sorry, Sierra, if that's not you. <laughs> <She's> <laughs> like, I
4: don't talk like that at all.
8: Um, a lot, en- enormous amount. I mean, that's been the gift of this is because they are friends and they are collaborators. Um, so it, I've, Susan's been asked before, you know, about like the question I've heard, and she had an interesting answer. Is like they will they th- all throw out ideas, ideas on the table, and then I kind of take that home and sit into the wee hours and put it in the blender for the book stuff, and then that's one way it would work. And another way it work, I would write and construct a scene, take it back to the girls. We would all sit in a circle and read it a little bit, and that would be the structure of the scene. And then Hiding Susan might be like, I I don't think I would say this word X, you know, but I might say word Y. And I have no ego about that. I was like – what my goal is is to have those characters speak as honestly and uh, as uh, naturalistically as possible. And so – being a, for a writer to work and develop a, a new piece with an actress is ideal the fact that they're my friend and i kind of am familiar with their voice is even better but it's how great things are created i think because there's such a specific line of like i know this i think this is what susan would say i think this is heidi would say and then they're in the room with you and they have amazing ideas too and i say put it in the blender
9: and music musically um the idea and the, and the uh, Uh, the spark and everything that came out of Die Vampire Die was from Susan and she uh, had taken a writing workshop with Hunter and they came up with it was kind of a a phrase that they used Die Vampire Die to You know, to get rid of the demons that keep you from creating, and that personally, that
0: song has been a savior for I. I, So I listen. I also write and do creative things, and when I get down and you know down on myself and wondering what's going on, that song always saves my life. I love that. that. Was
9: that's a pretty that's that song in particular, probably more so than any song in the show, is a good example of what the four of us, and Larry included, really collaborated on, I mean, the arrangements of it, the vocal stuff, you know, at Heidi helped with, you know, balancing the vocals, the story, the jokes, Hunter, you know, the girl groupness of it, I, you know, flushed out, and Susan with, you know, kind of the seed of organizing that, that was a pretty good example of something that was kind of a, a pretty big group effort yeah. to make that, to pull that song off. And then oh, way back to then, for example, Heidi, I had Heidi one afternoon just write a bunch of stuff about her childhood, and um, and from that, and kind of a little bit of her journey, and from that paragraph, which I still have, and I'll sell that on eBay someday, that paragraph she wrote out to me, it's pretty big. I kind of changed, yeah, that song was a different song, and I changed all the lyrics and made it uh, way back to then, based on Heidi's contribution. So they have a great deal of say, and we want them to, We because again, like Andrew said, we want this to be, if anyone has any egg on their face moments about a word or a phrase or a joke that they don't get, or then they say you have, yeah, yeah, you, are, up. you are allowed to say it, and we will bring it to the table and work through it.
8: Now so, there are times too. I'm like, tough. You got to. I it. want you to say that. I want you to say that lyric, and they when we work and collaborate with that, you know. Um, but it's true it's collaboration. True like, yeah. It is it defines our collaboration, and I love that, and I think it speaks to. Why we are where we are in the process. I want to do a shout out to. I, I just thought this, it's about the dive empire diet to Linda Berry, who was our mentor and uh, teacher. That and that was where the, kind of that concept came from. And we just got an email from Linda Berry too. She's a cartoonist and a writer and playwrights, and she was the writing lady who kind of sparked Susan I's brain to pass it on, pay it forward.
0: All right. So Sierra Fox. Hope your question was answered there. It's pretty um, good answer,
9: Sierra. I don't yeah. know if you're
0: going to get think <laughs> better than that. <laughs> Okay, next quick. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> what was our high
8: school again? What was Sierra's high school?
0: Uh, William Tennant High School. Where's
8: where that from? Where is that? I'm not, we d- we I'm don't not know. sure. All right, write in and tell us where you are, Sierra. <laughs> and we'll see you in Gelysium. That's a word we made up. Can we sit down there? Uh, actually, uh, Jen Tepper, our friend, and who works on, in the title show, show world,
9: rocked the phrase Gelyceum. July-CM. July-CM July
8: Theater. July-CM. July and we'll only
9: get to use it for a little bit. Well, this year. <laughs> this and then, year. Next and July, next we'll to use it.
8: So that. every July, we'll celebrate July-CM. It's going to be a yearly thing like Oktoberfest <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: or Rocktoberfest. <laughs> I love that. It's so stupid. <laughs> All right. Next question is from Jenna Kate Carn from Arlington High School. And uh, she wants to know, what are your favorite ice cream toppings and why? Excellent question.
8: Now we're getting somewhere. Uh, I... It's not a topping, but I love cookie dough ice cream.
9: is my favorite. I think the question was topping. No, I'm not. Kidding. Can you let me finish? <laughs> I don't, I don't Can you know. let me finish? It, it, I only... like roast beef so, and so, I so, like so, so. garlic on it. Are you done, Joe? All right, No, go ahead. No, forget. No, it. no. you shut me you down creatively. <laughs> no, uh,
8: chocolate ice cream, and I like just a basic. Um, and here's what, this is what's interesting. I call them Jimmys. Uh, the just and sprinkles. sprinkles and people call them sprinkles, but it's just the just the chocolate jimmies that you put on and maybe a little whipped cream. So <laughs> that's, that's like the. That's no, like I think a, it's interesting. That's like a five
9: year old's top favorite topic: <laughs> chocolate jimmies. But
8: I don't like all that syrup and right. all that like. when you big... go to Dairy Queen. You like the, I like fruit on there. I made the mistake of going to Pinkberry. Is that in, out in the world? It <laughs> sounds like an eye disease. No, Pinkberry. <laughs> yeah. Pinkberry, which was really good. I mean, like the product was good. It's like, I don't know, it's like tofu and whatever. But it's all the rage. Is it all the rage? I haven't done it, but... So I, but you get all these different toppings, and they have like Cap'n Crunch and, you know, any cereal you have. And I was like, let me go all out. And let me just recommend to you listeners, go easy of the Pinkberry, the top. It's like pick, stick to one. Either do like fruit... Less is more. And that's the message. Of time will show.
9: Um, my favorite topping, and I don't have it that often. is kind of I don't. I'm kind of a purist, and I like very basic things. Uh, I'm still obsessed with those like magic shell kind of things when you can dip a cone, <laughs> and it's hard. It gets hard and crunchy. I will take. I'm that, a magic What shell. is that made of? Why does it? How does it know how to do it? It's made of delicious.
8: <laughs>
9: so that's my that's my topping.
8: Magic shell.
9: All right.
0: So that's Jenna, Kate, Karn. Go out and order those toppings and <laughs> emulate emulate Jenna's favorite topping. <laughs> Next question. This is a, kind of a sprawling question from Allison Leah, uh, Leah Bender. Bender, uh, who actually I believe is going to be coming and interning here uh, over the summer. Oh, All nice. right. So we'll see face to face. And uh, her question is: Bear with this here. Yeah. Write down. Being involved in theater, it's a big thing to associate yourself and connect with just the right people. But finding ways to slowly make your way into those inner circles is sometimes hard when you're a little obscure, aka you didn't graduate from UMichigan or mm-hmm. a huge YouTube celeb. How did you make those connections to well-known performers and composers throughout the city that along with your talents ultimately helped you to become the writer actors you are? What's the best advice? Time. It's an awesome
8: question. It is us
0: awesome
8: question. Let's, let's crack this open. Let's do this. Uh, there's a funny thing in, in Vampire, too. Like, you know, like, you went to state school, which is the first one to address. Because we talked about this other night about having stigma of I didn't go to Carnegie Mellon or University of Michigan or Yale or Juilliard. Um There's a lot of people in the business who didn't go to those places who are amazing, talented. There's a lot of people who did go to those places who are amazing, talented. Just because you didn't have that, to think that working at the level or achieving being a movie star or Broadway or creating is not an option for you, that would be false. Uh, what else do we need to say well
9: and truly i mean we're older so we've we we've, we've met a lot of people we've worked with a lot of people and you know and uh, my advice that i usually tell people when i talk to high schools or colleges is a be nice and be game be because game. In New York is filled with a lot of people who just want to deal with someone who's low maintenance. They don't really care if you've got the goods. They well, just everybody want, has the goods. Everyone has parts, the goods. So they want to find someone who they just want to spend the afternoon with. And if you are nice and you're fun and you're behaved, that you're, you're way one up on a lot of people. So we're usually like... And, and you know, we're kind of selective in that sense, too, when we choose, you know, celebrities to be on. Like, we're a little bit like... Let's choose the ones that we know are sort of game because we're we're kind of slapdash and we only have x amount of time, so we want to be in we want to work with people who just who can just be like, yeah i'll do I'll do that who are just sort of game. And the other thing is um it, it, kind of what we tell people is th- there is no inner sanctum there is no there's no magic key that gets you in some. Matt Secret forum the, the truth is uh, you know what's her name what was it What girl's name Allison Leah Bender Allison just you need to say to yourself right now that you are in the circle you are by 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 sending an email to Broadway Bullet on Facebook you you've allowed, you've just got that was your key. So now, just pretend you're in the inner circle. So that's my thing. It's just like there's no yeah, there's no magic club. It's just a bunch of people doing work, just doing stuff,
8: and start creating. You know that the interesting thing was people were like, how did you do this? We did. We started on my couch with day jobs, no bank account, like all of like, <laughs> and so it feels like a little bit of a Cinderella story. But it was a lot of work. It was a lot of.
0: Oh, that's why you're wearing the glass slippers. Here. That's right.
8: Yeah. These things,
4: those old <laughs> things. These things. And they're open
8: toed, too, because it's spring. And I just <laughs> click, click, click. Um, we, we saw a girl the other day, uh, like uh, uh, going to see a show, like maybe with a high school group or whatever. And it was, they were adorable and um, excited to be in New York, You can tell from out of town. And she had on like a high heel, open toed web heel. And I was like, I just wanted to grab her and be like, you look amazing. You might want to slip into some tennis shoes and tell you wear that tonight. So. And wear tennis shoes is the next step. Um, but just cre- start creating your own stuff with your friends.
9: Yeah, we, say, we say the thing is just like, you can choose, you can do two things. You can choose to wait to be invited to the mall, or you can get in your car and drive to the mall. Like, make the choice to just get in the car and invite people along. Don't wait to be invited. And, and create,
8: that, yeah, create your own little party for it. Right. And the rest will begin to reveal itself. I didn't—we dreamed of being on Broadway, but when we started this, we started this because I wanted to be with my friends and I wanted to create, and we did it for our family and friends in 50 folding chairs downtown at Manhattan Theatre Source, off-off-Broadway. That was amazing to us. That felt like being on Broadway because we were doing a show in New York. Like, something we wrote was being performed in New York, and that is significant. So I agree there's no inner sanctum, and and— just kind of shattering your perception of yourself in the business or in the world is the best advice I can say of, like, go for it. Start your own radio show. Start your own podcast. Start your own – go on YouTube tonight and start creating something because we can now. That's what's so interesting about the media, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. And final question, which mm-hmm. is kind of appropriate because I think it's kind of a good wrap yeah. question too. Um, Riley Newman from Crescenta Valley Senior
8: High. I think I know Riley. I think Riley's – Riley, if you're listening, I think you uh, sent us on Facebook. There's somebody that's silver pants, and then, so that's if that's you, Riley.
0: Oh, right. He's just yeah. shitting his pants. Oh my god, he remembers me. Yeah, no, it's Riley.
9: <laughs> Tell yeah. me the uh, name of the high school again. Crescenta Valley Senior High. do
0: you're I just wanted to say, that say do that,
8: do that. A Facebook stalker, I, do No, he's. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think we uh, communicate, and yeah. it's really Jeff and I answering your mail. <laughs> <laughs> until Globocom title show a robot takes over when we go out to Broadway. <laughs> uh, so get us now before the robot starts answering your emails. God, like, I wish
9: there's a can, robot. <laughs> No, that's
8: a robot. I, I'd say I just congratulations, insert name. You have reached title of show.
0: <laughs> you are your high school, but anyway, hi Riley. Yes. <laughs> so Riley's question is: um, Title of show has been a big part of your lives for a long time. Besides finally making it to Broadway, what has been the most fulfilling part of your experience with this amazing show?
4: Hmm.
0: Besides, repeat that. Besides making it to Broadway, okay. what has been the most fulfilling part of this amazing show?
9: I think, for me personally, it's just been. uh, Susan Susan acknowledges this every now and then too. I think she says every day to herself is just to be able to be. Doing what I love with people that I love, is just the most incredible thing in the world, and to be alive at a time on Earth, where we actually can, do what it is we love. Is amazing, and so for me, the the best thing is that I continue to be uh, just completely humbled by the fact that I'm getting to do this with amazing people, and uh, wherever I mean, even if it was under a dock somewhere in south of Florida, it would be awesome as long as I had those people there with me making it awesome. You know,
8: I that is my answer to someone like doing what I love with the people I love, that. That is a
9: good way to spend whatever time
8: we have on this big blue marble. Um, but if you wanted
9: an actual like my if Riley wants to, and who, is Riley a boy or girl because that could be a boy or girl. Well, uh, you know I don't boy.
0: know. I think um, Riley's a boy. There's it's, a picture here that's kind of small. I think it's a guy. Yeah, it's a okay, guy. guy,
8: and he they they they're tossers. They're awesome tossers, and he has some silver toss, pants. Tossum. They're them. They're totally tossum, <laughs> and uh, I said when you come to New York and see the show, either wear the silver pants or bring them. I mean, you know, so um, but. Meeting Bernadette Peters. Is that the other kind of like that? Oh, those there was that those thing are like was fun things. So the other part of it is, is getting to meet people that I admire and whose work rocked my world and who I'm a fan and would be just asking for an autograph to get a chance to have a conversation with them as a peer or as a, an artist to artist. Um, that blows my mind. To have a moment to talk with John Cander. That a- after crazy. he
9: just saw our show, so it's not we're not stalking John Kander <laughs> to get, Like he actually has things to say to us. That's right. that's mind blowing. Well, maybe
0: that's why John Kander hasn't talked to me. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> you
8: keep this kids away from that is <laughs> cra-
9: that's crazy. When you meet someone who who has who has something to say to you, and, and
8: right? he has to learn that he's just a dude. He's an amazing dude, but he's just a dude creating like Jeff and I are dudes creating like Michael is like Riley you know, like we're all just some dudes trying to create up some something new and special right. yeah
0: well, just to wrap up now, um, I'll put some links in our show notes so people can find these. But you've also got a great YouTube series going on. We do. We probably don't have time to get into that, it, but it's wonderfully irreverent, just like your show. The title
8: uh, of show, show. Check it out.
0: Uh, I'll put links to that in the thing. Tickets are on sale now for the Broadway production. Mm-hmm. Yes.
8: July, July-CM, July July fifth, first preview. July seventeenth,
9: opening night. And, and tickets are on sale through January 09 I think. Is that '09. Right? And then. And it's
0: like Young Frankenstein. It's four hundred and fifty dollars sure. for all seats. Right? Maybe a little higher. <laughs> Keep
9: an eye peeled. We want it. We want to go. A little higher than that we just, might so, have, we can, just so we can be better because <laughs> uh, the more expensive means better i think so so um, we're going to be probably
0: doing a pretty cool contest i don't want to say exactly what it is yet we're still sorting out the details mm-hmm. with
4: your
9: marketing Excellent. firm but it'll be interactive and you'll Will probably do i get, do to, I get to enter that contest
0: Sure, yeah.
8: uh, <laughs> that seemed seem a conflict of interest a little bit when they were like, "Are you affiliated with anyone in the show?" And you fill out the well, thing. Well, like, I, I'm I
0: hoping well, when it's... we finally announce it that you'll judge the finals. Speaking of contests, my
9: mom. My, I was talking to my mom the other day <laughs> on the phone, and we had a contest on the home page that said, "You know, sign up now to win two free tickets to the show." She called me a couple weeks ago and goes, "Hey, I have a question. How many times can I enter my name <laughs> in that field? <laughs> yeah, does it register each time?" It's like, first of all. You don't need to be entering the contest to win free tickets. The last thing I need is for you to win tickets, you know, <laughs> to take away from somebody. And the winner is Jeannie Bowen. Like, Wait a second. Plus, then when my mom can't
8: enter, maybe we both our moms will enter. And... Why
9: can't your mom enter?
8: No, I'm saying like if your mom won, then my mom couldn't win, and that's not fair. I'm just like, it's yeah, compli- that's a conflict. <laughs> that's so then Susan, Heidi, and I resent,
9: and you were like, well, I bought tickets for my mom you she went for well, free. Well, if your mom needed to sign up. That's, that's right. Yeah, at least my mom. That's another
8: title she'll listen. My mom's hip Or on to like get the free theater. tickets, you got to. Anyway, this contest is going to be awesome. Where are you going? Awesome. Are you I'm not, I'm just I adjusting would... a little bit. Wow. Yeah. Good night, everybody.
0: I'm just adjusting. Well, it stool. is. We are about to wrap up. I would. God, it'd be great to sit here and chat with you guys more forever. We'll be back. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, Michael,
9: it's okay. great. We'll have thank to come you, Michael. We'll come you. back and
8: we'll bring the lovely ladies of yeah. title yeah. show. Yeah.
9: Yes, they're, definitely. They're, they say things too. They do. They're, they're, they're pretty, <laughs> and they talk real good. Without a script?
8: <laughs> Without a script. Without a script. You know, we'll script what they say.
0: All right. Well, uh, Hunter Bell, Jeff Bowen. Thank you, thank Michael. You so much for coming Thanks, in. Michael. And for future interviews, remember, get on our Facebook fan page if, so you can hear about some last-minute suggestions to ask questions to people we interview. Excellent. Awesome. Getting ready to watch Almost an Evening, and I'm talking to Usher Dana McCoy. How are you doing?
6: Very well, thank you.
0: So have you been ushering for every performance?
7: No, but quite a few, and I have not gotten bored with the show yet. It's wonderful.
0: How many times have you seen it?
7: Well, tonight will be my fourth, and I plan to see it with friends just for fun on Friday that are friends coming to town. I just think everyone ought ought to make it if they can. You know, Murray, Abraham, you got to... And then the whole cast is so good. I'm on staff here quite a bit, and I've run sound here. This is the main... I, I book music and things for some other venues, and I also produce... Actually, I'm producing a thing called the Pillow Fight Women's Theatre Festival here in July. Um, And that's going to be amazing. All women artists, we're going to have pillow fights. Come back for that.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, thank you, Dana.
7: Thank you very much. Nice to meet you.
0: The Call Board. And the presenters are in! It was announced today that Tony Award winners Christine Baranski, Patti LuPone, and Christine Ebersole will be presenting the 74th Annual Drama League Awards, scheduled to be held on May 14th. Miss Ebersole will be presenting the award she won last year, Distinguished Performance Award, with LuPone presenting Distinguished Production of a Musical, and Ms. Baranski presenting Distinguished Production of a Play. Sierra Bogus of Disney's The Little Mermaid and James Snyder from Crybaby will be presenting Distinguished Revival of a Musical, with Charles Bush presenting Distinguished Revival of a Play. And next, William Burroughs called him the Pope of Trash, and he's bringing the trash to the New York Society of Ethical Culture in a one-man show called The Filthy World. John Water, the aforementioned Pope of Trash, is performing for one night only his one-man show on June 26th at the Concert Hall of the New York Society of Ethical Culture. Tickets are just $37.50 with $100 filthy VIP tickets. Filthy VIPs will get reserved seating, an autographed DVD, and a meet-and-greet with Mr. Waters. Then, the MAC Awards, that's Manhattan Association of Cabaret and Clubs, were awarded on May 6th at B.B. King's Blues Club. A sampling of this year's award winners are female celebrity artist Christina Ebersole, male duo celebrity artist Steve Ross, female vocalist Joanne McDonald, and male vocalist Miles Phillips. We have a link to all of the winners on the show notes for Volume 208. And finally, casting is now complete for the Carnegie Hall concert of Jerome Kern and Oscar Hammerstein's Showboat. This one-night-only concert will feature Carol Carmelo, Becky Ann Baker, Nathan Gunn, and the final edition Carly Rose, Sonne The one-night-only event will begin at 8 p.m. on June 10th and will be musically directed by Paul Gemignani, who will be conducting the Orchestra of St. Luke's. And the call board is being sponsored by Roy Aria Studios, located at 43rd and 8th, in the same building as us, in the heart of the theater district. They've got tons of great rehearsal spaces, performance venues at a great price, and they've got a staff who has been involved in all aspects of production and truly knows how to help out however you might need it. The spaces are equity-approved, and they're easily accessible by Port Authority. Penn Station and all subways. Feel free to give them a call at 212 957 8358 or send an email to bookings at Roy Arias Studios for any inquiry or to view the spaces. All right, they've just opened the doors here at Almost an Evening and letting people sit. I'm getting very excited to see the show after hearing everybody talk, and I'm talking with Joey Salamone Nope, Louis Louis Salamone
11: owner of the theater, close enough. Joey may be a faraway relative somewhere. <laughs> Sorry,
0: you. Now, so you own 45 Leaker?
11: We do. We we, we we own the theater. We have two theaters here: uh, a 155-seat theater in the basement, a 330-seat, which we've reduced to 199, so it's intimate for almost an evening. And we also have a lobby, which is a combination cafe and a wine bar after 8 o'clock, which is opening this summer. What do you enjoy most about being a theater owner? It enables me to produce my own shows when I want, and it also enables me to. Bring in great shows like Almost an Evening, and everyone with Almost an Evening, like F. Murray Abraham, Lynn Baker, Joey Schladek, have all been Ethan Cohen, the nicest people. We've had such a fun time with the show.
0: Okay, so I can't help asking the flip question what's the hardest part about being a theater owner?
11: Well, well, not them, but I'll say other shows being crazy. You know, people who like, we, we actually had a show that built a stage and then realized they couldn't fit an audience in the theater afterwards. So they had to reduce the stage enough to fit 70 people in the theater. Did they have 70 people? Well, no. Well, this, this proves the, uh, the, the, the power of the medium. Um, they were doing five people a night until the New York Times gave them a great review, and then they were selling out every night. But it was a great show. Unfortunately, you couldn't really fit an audience because of the stage. Stuff like that drives me crazy.
7: <laughs> On the Boards.
0: Two playwrights have teamed together to present an evening of one acts, uh, Crothers Spyglass" and The Resistible Rise of Fetlinda Paloka. There's a mouthful, say that five times fast. (laughs) And uh, we've got the playwrights here with us today, Timothy Dowd, who did uh, Crothers Spyglass," and Marcy Wallabout, who did The Resistible Rise of Fetlinda Paloka. So how are you two doing? Fine. (laughs) Not bad. (laughs) Well, I guess, start off one by one, maybe if uh, each of you could tell us really briefly what your, uh, your portion of the evening is about.
12: Oh, me first. Um, well, Crother Spyglass is, um, um, story-wise, it's basically about um, um, a fellow named Ray Crother, who's a very dynamic, uh, physically imposing um, Irish-American uh, ad man. He's the kind of fellow who uh, could sell anything to anybody. He walks into a room Um, Everybody wants to be his friend, and he makes everybody feel uh, that he's their friend. But he definitely has a dark side, Uh, and he's very troubled. Um, He has a wife with cancer. He's haunted by experiences in the Gulf War, and he's being exploited by his boss, um, who is called Cedric. We never see Cedric. Um, But I've always been fascinated by what makes people... um, Uh, live unhappy lives, tortured lives for uh, so many years um, and uh, without ever self-examining, without ever taking action to get them out of that rut, Um, whereas certain other people will uh, plot along like that for 10 years or 20 years and suddenly, without any warning, um, a toggle flips and their whole life changes because of some action that they take. And um, that um, I better stop there. I better leave uh, everybody <laughs> hanging.
0: <laughs> All right. And Marcy, your show.
7: Um, my show is about uh, an immigrant, um, an Albanian immigrant. Um, I don't. I can't think of a play or show that I've ever seen that features prominently an Albanian immigrant.
0: We're gonna have that like whole click pop up now and give us like how they're you know, just really nerdy and into all the shows with Albanian immigrants. (laughs) (laughs) I
7: I hope so. The whole subgenre. You know, yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because what do we know about the Albanian population? Um, I just know this group of people who own a pizzeria and they're really nice and they make great pizza, but um, they're kind of a mystery to me. And um, I I just think that it would be interesting to... uh, investigate this one character, Um, she's a young woman, and uh, she owns a pizzeria, as many Albanians do. Um, A lot of people don't know that many pizzerias are actually owned by Albanians and not Italians anymore, but that's an aside. Um, But she's come here, um, and uh, what inspired me to do this show is that uh, I, I grew up on Long Island, and there are so many Long Islanders. That have moved to the south because they can't afford housing here and they moved to the south and i always wondered from a southern perspective how the southerners feel about this and that all these yankees are coming down there and i figure one of the yankees probably the
0: same as we do in montana when all the californians come in
7: (laughs) we don't (laughs) like them sure yeah i mean really i mean even (laughs) even for a good person you know it's it's hard to see your world change and in fact linda paloka is about a world anxious with change no matter where we are Uh, we see an influx of people who aren't like us and it's always been the case since time immemorial but um this this play happens to be about this little town um kind of negotiating this woman this albanian immigrant and her large family and um hopefully it you know it succeeds in bringing about understanding and whatnot and in a humorous way.
0: Now you both come from an ad background, an advertising background. Is that that correct? That's correct. So uh, does it, does it, does that shape the show? Is that a common thread with the show at all, or is that? And I know that uh, Timothy, you quit to go into driving a cab for New York in New York for ten years.
12: Um, yeah, I was uh, at the producing end of commercials. I. Um, we produce commercials such as uh, no-nonsense pantyhose and... Uh, My chef, favorite! Chef Boyardee. D. <laughs> chef <laughs> Chef Boyardee ravioli, Arby's, roast beef, and, you know, all the big, big accounts like that. Um, <laughs> the roast beef Arby's? Classic. Um, so, Classic. We studied. <laughs> and uh, so that was kind of like boot camp for film production. I'm basically a film, film guy. Um, I've been in and out of the industry for the film industry that is for a few decades now, but, um, yeah, I, I, I left, um, that business to drive a cab and, uh, and, uh, try my hand at writing thinking I could reenter the business or some business, any business, uh, by, by writing. And, um, I've done a lot of business writing, I've written, uh, some nice screenplays and, uh, I was inspired to write a play uh, because of Marcy's influence, because of knowing Marcy. And uh, I had written a couple of short things already, so it was kind of a natural segue. That's uh, the whole history.
0: (laughs) And Marcy, what what did you do with advertising?
7: Um, I've been in advertising, uh, kind of gives away my age in a way I don't like, but I like to be honest about this. Um, I've probably been in advertising for about 23 or 24 years. Um, since I was in high school. Or junior uh,
0: high, clearly.
7: Oh, clearly. (laughs) (laughs) grade school. (laughs) You know, I I started very early. I knew exactly what I wanted to do. Uh, I wanted to be a graphic designer since I was in the sixth grade. And I had a great group of art teachers that facilitated that. And um, I, I, I went to art school after I graduated high school, and all this time I was working in advertising print, and it's. Um, I was working in type shops when there was such a thing as type shops, and this was before the Macintosh came and revolutionized the type industry and the print industry and the advertising industry and kind of melded it together. Um, very uh, interesting time to be in the business as that transition happened. Um, currently I, uh, I work in print production still uh, for a large ad agency. and. Um, and I like it. Uh, what I do is not that creative um, in my job currently, but that's okay because my cr- I've turned my creativity to writing. I never thought I'd be a writer. Um, I thought I'd be a graphic designer, but I like it this way better.
0: You know, I, I've always found, you know, they say, you know, build a backup career. I, I write too. And, uh, you know, when I'm doing producing or more creative work, I, I'm less inspired to then do my own.
7: <laughs> Isn't that the truth? That is that is such the truth because, um, you know, if I had my druthers and if it didn't mean that I'd make $8 an hour, I would continue to work in a, a health food store. I worked in a health food store for about a year just to take some time off from advertising. And um, it made me want to go sit at a computer and do something versus um, even just sitting at a computer all day. Sometimes the last thing I want to do is write. My own stuff. When I get home, you know, I want to be active. But you know, this is a decision I made.
12: And what wasn't it the parade of sickos coming in and out of the health food store that inspired you to uh, to first uh, try your hand at playwriting?
7: That's correct. That's correct. Um, (laughs) Hey,
0: you're trying to take my job, (laughs) but uh,
7: (laughs) I asked the questions. (laughs) Well, well, yeah, actually, why
4: don't you
7: ask me that question? Was
0: a parade of sickos coming in and out of the health food store <laughs> perhaps <laughs> what inspired you?
7: It play. was. It was. I came to writing late. I've only been doing this for a little over a year. And um, and uh, I worked in a health food store, and it just was filled with characters. And that's what inspired me to write. About the experience to begin with, and my first play was a play called Hoboken is Quiet, about a health food store in Hoboken. Although it's really about a Hobo, it's really about a, a health food store in Brooklyn. But you know the names and places and people have. Botswanian immigrants. Yes, that bot? exactly. That, that's that's <laughs> it. You know, just kind of, um, you know, just changing it to protect the guilty and whatnot.
0: So clearly the two of you have known each other for a little while how how did you meet how how has your relationship working relationship come together
7: um, we've known each other I guess since two thousand one when a mutual no. friend um, introduced us uh, We've lived in the same neighborhood for about I don't know uh, 15 years together and we've seen each other around uh, the cobble Hill area um, and we uh, we live together so yeah. um, we're always Around to inspire one another yeah. for better or for worse. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Usually for the better. Right? Yes. So um, back to the, the shows at hand. Um, what elements do you think bind these two shows together for an evening?
12: Um, the first thing I think of is 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 not a content thing. It's it's the it's the quality. And I'm I'm sorry to sound egotistical. I, I don't have ego about anything else. I don't really have an ego, but. Uh, <laughs> But I, I think it's, um, both plays are, um, feature quality writing. The writing is very good. I think we're both real writers. Uh, and um,
0: The think kind of belies your egotism there. You, you gotta, you get a, they are quality writing. Not I think. <laughs> there you go, there you go.
7: Absolute certainty. Just <laughs> <Right. laughs> nice um, tell yourself that. Yeah,
12: I, I, think th- I think they each have real style. Um, I, I tend to be intense and gloomy, and um, my characters tend to be on the edge. Um, people tell me that. I'm very flattered by that. I'm just quoting the Friends. But, um, and Marcy's play is wildly funny, uh, breaks into rhyme here and there in, in Brechtian fashion. Um, but it's a, it's, a, it's a trip. It's a fun ride.
7: And also what both plays have in common, well, they, they don't really have anything in common. They couldn't be more different. Um, but there is something very poignant the two of them have um, as, like, this kernel and that both um, main characters were affected by a war in the 90s in some way. And um, for Ray Crother, he was um, a veteran of Desert Storm. Yes. And Fat Paloka, I mean, it... If you know anything about the Balkans and Balkan history, it's an area in the world that has never come up for for air from uh, war for just you know centuries, and it's um, a beautiful place because it's never been uh, you know consumerism hasn't hit it like the rest of Europe. But the fact of the matter is, you know, people who come from there have all been affected by war in one way or another, and if you read up about it, it's, it's really horrible. But like all things in the past and this is these were things that happened in the 90s we we tend to forget about them because we have new problems but um they're they're really both veterans of wars and um and time has been marching on and we forgot about these situations and uh that is something that both plays have uh in common
4: Hmm.
0: so what's the process been like getting these up for you guys are producing this together yourselves as as well. So I imagine there's a lot of other things on your table besides the creative end of things. Well, what what has maybe been the most challenging aspect
12: of getting this together that you didn't expect? Well, um, being a film guy, as I said, I thought theater would be so simple, and um, um, I think I had in my mind a picture of the little rascals putting on a show in the barn, <laughs> and uh, I wish I've I'll, been to a few of those here in New York. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, but uh, I wish Alfalfa and uh, Spanky had been available. It would it would have been much easier. We basically dove in, and um, without having produced the play before. And uh, um, as you say, it's. Uh, the equivalent of a college education these last few months.
7: Right. It's been almost as expensive as, <laughs> as four years of Sarah Lawrence. But, no, you know, I, um, I'm with the Brooklyn Playwrights Collective, and, and Tim is too, and um, really talented group of people, and when I first joined up about, I don't know, a year and a half ago, I was really intimidated that uh, all these people in the collective were... Um, very highly educated with uh doctorates and masters in theater arts and English and in playwriting and all sorts of things and uh i I never graduated college and um it, i you know i I felt you know, they, they did a lot to make me feel good, but I, I still felt kind of less than and um this experience of this production, I feel that you know I'm just being barraged with uh uh like some curriculum or something you know that i uh Um, I feel like I really, I'm learning the ropes every, every step by step,
0: you know. Mm. All right. So the show goes up June 11th, is that right? That's correct. And, uh, run six, or or how many, it goes to the 15th. So it's four days, six performances, is that? Um,
12: five days, six performances, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, six performances, that's right, um. Tickets are available through um, uh, SmartTix.com for uh, $18, uh, or you can call 212-868-4444, but uh, be ready to type in or say the discount code CRFA, and that will get you uh, tickets for $12, um, unless you want to pay $18. We will take
7: $18. (laughs) so so there is a discount code uh we decided that after the invites were printed so um but yes you know uh twelve dollars to see two really good plays
12: and
0: where what theater is this at oh
12: theater for the new city (laughs) first avenue and 10th street
0: all right fantastic well timothy dowd marcy wallabout Spyglass and the Resistible Rise of Palinda Poloka <laughs> <laughs> F- <laughs> 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 Fat Linda.
7: Nobody gets
0: it right. The Resistible Rise of Fat Linda The Resistible Rise of Fat Linda The Resistible Rise. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for coming in and wish you the best of luck with your production.
4: Thank you. Thank you.
0: I'm here at Almost an Evening and I'm talking with Susan Finch, one of the understudies here standing by. How are you
3: doing? I'm um, well. How are you?
0: Good. So how long do you have to stay at the show every night?
3: Actually, we come here at half hour, 7.30, and we stay the duration of the show. I mean, there's no intermission. It's a really short, funny show. It's three short plays. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. If somebody sprains an ankle, just open the doors and burst on stage, I'm not sure. But my job is to stay here during the uh, entire performance. But, you know, I like watching it. I've seen it about 15 times, and the acting is so good. I respect their work that I keep going back. So I'm having a blast.
0: Have you had a chance to go on yet?
3: No, not yet. So we want good things to happen to the actresses. We want them to get movies and TV shows, not breaking any body parts or anything like that.
0: Have you understudied before?
3: I did. I understudied Jane Howdy-Shell in The Receptionist. She's an amazing actress. And I didn't go on for her either. She was deathly ill, and she has such integrity, she kept on going. And, uh, but it, it's a fantastic opportunity to watch great work.
0: Okay, so I'm gonna ask you two questions. What is the best thing about being an understudy?
3: The best thing is watching people like F. Murray Abraham and Marklyn Baker and all of these great uh, actors, Johanna Day, watching them day after day.
0: Okay, now the obvious. What's the worst part about being an understudy?
3: It's frustrating. I wanna get out there. I, I feel really blessed to be a part of this cast. They're very gracious to me, but man, I wanna work. I wanna get out there. Yeah.
0: All right, well, thanks, Susan. And uh, I don't know whether or not to wish you to get on stage or not. That's a hard call, isn't it?
3: Right, well, you only want good things to happen. You only want it to be because somebody got a great job and they have to fly to make a, out to L.A. to make a movie. But people should come down and see this really great piece of writing and beautifully acted and beautifully directed.
0: All right, well, thank you, Susan. Thank you. All right. Well, I had a great time. I got to see Jeremy Schoenfeld's concert on Monday for his release of 37 Notebooks. And we actually were given uh, five signed copies and signed by a lot of the performers to give out. Well, it was very last minute, so we've only got three winners so far, which means there's more to be given out. So the winners who get a free copy sign are Jared Bloom of Lake... Oh, we got a lot of hard things to pronounce in this uh, reading. Jared Bloom of Lake Conakoma, New York... Kathy Zazinzinski of Danville, New Jersey, and I apologize horribly, Kathy, for I'm sure a bastardization of that name, and Becca Anderson of Brooklyn, New York. You all won a copy. We have two more available. If you're wondering why you didn't hear about it, a lot of these things we have to do, spur of the moment, uh, are going to be happening through our Facebook fan page. There's a link in our menu on broadwaybullet.com. Just become a fan and watch for updates. Uh, If you want to find out how to win the remaining two copies that are left, just visit the Facebook site and click show me updates And you'll see down there what you have to do To win and we'll announce the next Two winners in the next episode In the meantime we're going to hear one song He performed live last episode but We want to hear what the CD sounds like so We're going to play House of Love Which is sung by Shoshana Bean With the Broadway Dreams Gospel Choir. Here it is From 37 Notebooks by Jeremy Schoenfeld
13: To the house of love Use every option Try every lock and key Just step inside You'll see The house of love Oh baby take a train Take a train Take an aeroplane Take a bus Take a boat Stay afloat Don't stop believing From the sky to the ground Till you found it Keep on
0: Jeremy Schoenfeld's CD, 37 Notebooks, is available now. Just visit jeremyschoenfeld.com for information. Talking to Michael Warner, the mail understudy for the show. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. So, have you gotten to go on stage yet? No, I'm actually going on next Friday, so I'm looking forward to that for sure. So is it unusual to get advance notice like that?
9: Uh, It actually is. For the most part, you kind of don't know until day of. So it's nice to be able to relax into it and prepare for it in a
0: normal way, you know? So when you're understudying and when you know you're going on stage, are you thinking about how to make the role your own, or do you have to really try to incorporate what the other actors have been doing? Well, you have to you have to stay within sort of the parameters, kind of the math of the scene that they've kind of built,
9: and then you know you you try to make it your own given those those parameters. And so I've watched the show so much, and um, I have a real good idea of basically what everyone's doing for the parts I'm understudying. That when I go on, I've done so much work on my own that I've kind of been able to add a bit of my to what they do.
6: On the positive side. Hey, this is Marty Cooper once again and um not quite on the positive side. I've been thinking about various things and uh I actually want to cry. Uh I I love this business. I love Broadway and uh it seems to be going down the drain fast. Um, I'm going to hawkin. oh, hawkin. that's a that's a $5 word if I ever heard one. I'm going to harken back to 1977, uh, when, uh, if you wanted to see Liza Minnelli in a so-so Candor and Ebb musical called The Act, uh, I can't say so-so because anything candor and Ebb uh, is usually pretty good, even at their worst. Um, But in any case, in a so-so candor in that musical called The Act with her co-star Barry Nelson. And if you wanted to see Liza Minnelli on Broadway and everybody wanted to see her at the time, you paid an incredible $35. Um, I don't think Standing Room these days are $35. Uh, I don't know whether it's it's out of greed uh, or necessity, Uh, but when I read that A show that's been off-Broadway called Title of Show is coming to Broadway. Now, it got good reviews off-Broadway, and I've listened to the recording, and it's very funny. But they're going to charge for two people and a piano. They're going to charge $111.00. I don't know how many people will pay that to see that show, as good as it is. Because I want to tell you, uh, uh, you give people something fresh like Passing Strange and, uh, and and In the Heights, and they both get good reviews. In fact, In the Heights got great reviews, and people are not going. Uh, people want what they know in this right now. Uh, you can... Feed them grease all you want and they'll go. Uh, uh, give them album music or Four Seasons music and people will go. Uh, give them a story that they know, like Billy Elliot. And people will pay the $135. I must say, it's a great show. And, and when it gets reviewed, uh, people will probably see that it's a great show. And they'll pay that $135. So... I don't know whether it's the recession or not because they'll pay to get to see shows that they really want to see. Well, maybe that's the case. Maybe they're just going to go to see what they really want to see. You know, and uh, when I think of Little Mermaid, uh, it got not so great reviews. Uh, And I don't know, uh, even though it's kind of a a critic-proof show, I don't know how long it will have, excuse the expression, legs on Broadway. Uh, Even maybe in a more scaled-down version, I don't know how long it'll run. Um, Pardon the puns. But in any case, I am sad about the current state. Uh, People, as I say, people are still going to see Mama Me and Jersey Boys and Hairspray and Grease, which I don't understand. It seems that things people are familiar with, they'll flock to. Even Spring Awakening of late hasn't been doing that great. And I thought that has somewhat of a cult following. Uh, But in any case, I hope as my friend, Mr. Riedel said a few weeks ago, that Billy Elliot saves Broadway somewhat. Uh, And then of course at the Broadhurst Theater this fall, you'll have a nude Harry Potter, uh, and I'm sure people are going to flock to see that. Uh, and they will pay what amounts to musical prices to see a straight play, albeit a very good one. that had a good run years back, and it's coming back. Uh, so I hope, I hope this fall sees a healthier Broadway, uh, something that people will take joy in, 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 in seeing. Uh, in any case... Uh, if you have any questions, if you have any suggestions, or if you have anything to say about what I just talked about, uh, you can email me at broadwaymartie at uh, Once again, this is Marty Cooper on the not-so-positive side.
0: I'm talking with Chris Chardon, who did the sound for the show, Taking It. Yes, I did. So uh, what's your favorite part of working on the show? Wow. <laughs> Running the show
12: every night is... Quite an experience. It's always something different every night, but uh, it's just a lot of fun. The cast is great. Everyone's really nice to work with. Well, the actors have no microphones. Everything is—it's all live, so I have no control over them, and uh,
0: everything is preset. It's all pre-programmed, so you just hit the hit the go, and the music happens, and it's the same—it's the same volumes every night. So, all right. Thanks so much.
4: No problem.
7: On the boards. The Children's
0: Talent Development Fund is putting on a new musical, Don't Worry, Be Jewish, starting May 10th through June 4th. And we have two of the very talented young performers here in the studio with us. To, hey. We're going to talk to them, and they're going to perform two of the songs live. Nathan Kay and Jasmine Petraru.
14: Hi. What's up?
0: How are you guys doing? Not Good. bad. <laughs> Good. So first off, really quick, tell us a little bit, what is Don't Worry, Be Jewish about?
14: Um, well, it's about being Jewish I mean uh <laughs> it's uh it's about this boy named Chaim who uh who needs to decide whether or not to be Jewish and Sharianna one of the characters also uh comes to this conflict whether or not to be Jewish and uh Chaim has to realize in the in the play what it is to really be a real man a real man a real man yes <laughs>
0: So, now, I take it the two of you are Jewish yourselves? Yes. So, uh, do you find some of the issues that you're dealing with in the show are similar to what you're going through yourselves at all? or?
14: Um, oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually feel like this play sort of relates to me. I feel like it was actually written about me because um, Don't Worry, Be Jewish is not really only just a conflict of to be Jewish and not to be Jewish. It's also uh, about teenagers and our problems as teenagers, and uh, yeah, I'm a teenager, so I can definitely relate that to myself. <laughs> and it's also like, um, especially for Jews, we have this whole celebration of Bar Bat Mitzvah. Bar Bat Mitzvah, yeah. Bar, Bar Mitzvah. And that like, we have to um, at that we have to read something from Torah and from something else for girls that you have to like grow and realize become more mature. Become that, and become a woman or a man fully, like, capable of living. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right, so now you're going to be performing two numbers from the show. Um, right. You want to do the first one here, Don't Worry Be Jewish? Sure. sure. You need to set this, does this need any setup at all with the show?
14: No, not really, no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: all right. You ready, Nathan? Yep. You ready, Jasmine? Yep. Okay, done.
14: Now the Jews, we are a blessed race. and No one else can take our place. We're a So comprehend it. Jews are written for every noun. We got a special way of getting down. Pure science. Yes, and full of clients. Don't take Wrong. I'm not the one to brag, but a Jew has private smack dab in the bag. It's true, it's true, it's true. So be a Jew when you have it go? Wasn't a Jew. Who knew? Just bring it all together like a we control the weather. Like Einstein, we are clever and true. Same if I believe that everything was It truly doesn't matter how it's done My wife is Jewish Ethiopian Now the Jews, we are a sacred lot No one's got what the Jews have got Great minds create such great things Don't hold your hand When you haven't got a Jewish and you don't know what to do Don't worry, be Jewish Be a Jew. Jesus for Don't worry, be Jewish. Don't worry, be Jewish. <laughs> Don't worry, be Jewish. Don't worry, be Jewish.
0: Now, how old are the two of you?
14: 13.
0: Both of you, 13? Yeah. yeah. You seem very uh, collected and well-spoken and very talented. Have you guys done a lot thank already? Y- <laughs> th- yes,
14: th- yes, thank th- you. <laughs>
0: what are some of the other things you've done already?
14: Uh, concerts, yeah. uh, festivals. We travel all around the world. We get to meet a bunch of really great people. We uh, we get to make new friends on our tours and stuff like that. Uh, we both do commercials Yeah. and, uh, and voiceovers, meet- stuff like that. Musical stuff, yeah.
0: <laughs> so I, I, is it different some of the stuff you do and then playing kind of I, I mean, you're both leads in this show right uh, in this, yeah you know, yeah, it, yeah is this a lot more uh, responsibility on your shoulders than you're used to or? Uh,
14: yeah because uh, we uh, we're learning a new Russian modern technique yeah it's uh, of really acting difficult. and also how to think when you're actually on stage and how to connect with the audience so you know that they're like into what you're saying. Right.
0: So you know, thinking on stage is overrated.
14: It's just a technique of how to think on stage. Yeah, you, 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 you think of it, you know. <laughs> it, it works. If you come to our show, you, you'll see firsthand how it's... Yeah. It, it's a big difference between uh, what you see on Broadway right now and the technique that we're using in the show. Yeah, it's, like, totally, like, different.
0: Now, I'm going to guess do the both of you also study voice as well? Yes. Right. Right. Who's your teacher? Because you're doing a great job.
14: Uh, we have two teachers. One yeah. is uh, Svetlana Ploksunova and one is Beydin Magazine. Actually, she yeah. teaches us in this studio. Right in this building. Yeah, uh, building, not studio.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, well, I didn't see this person <laughs> coming in. She's been doing this on the slide. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Do you want to perform another song here from the show?
14: Oh, yeah. sure. Let's go ahead. Yeah.
0: Okay. This light is a light candle. candle. Light and a candle. Do we need to know anything of how this fits into the show?
14: Oh. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. This is like the song of the show. It's yeah. Fun. Light a candle is basically like togetherness and the uh, the whole entire meaning of being together and, and friendship and Jewish and Jewish and you know fe- and just like, like feeling the song is like so empowering and and just uh. Not just if you're Jewish, it's for any religion whatsoever. Like, you, you believe in your religion, everybody has to light a candle. Just light a candle. Yeah, it, like, it's a symbol of togetherness, it's a symbol of living, of, living. of life.
0: Alright. You guys ready?
14: Yes. Is there a place for the true believers, who will only live for freedom? Is there a dream of kindness within the hearts of God? Is there justice for the lonely? For faith can free them only. A place which streets of gold forever and beyond. Would have given everything to bring about the wonder. In a world where we can live as one. Light a candle for... Light a candle for truth Light a candle for the peace which we believe in Hold your hands up high Choose to live life to the fullest Life is love, love is life Give your heart forever try Hold the candle to the sky We will live in peace, so help us God You can walk in faith, don't give up No matter the consequences No matter the pain It's worth more than you know Are you brave enough to go on? At the end your path will show That you are worthy of the blessings Past Past belief But you have given everything To bring about the wonder In a world where we can live as one and beyond to discover the truth and always trust in the almighty. So when you go home tonight, don't forget to light a candle.
0: the songs here for the show.
14: Oh, yeah. Alexander Butov, Darren and Brian Starr. Yes.
0: Okay. The first one. I'm glad you said the name <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, right, okay, yeah. Yeah. Um. So you guys go on tour a lot. You were saying. Do you go to? A, yeah. Do you go to regular school or?
4: Yeah. Yeah.
14: Regular school. Definitely. That's actually our choice. We were. Uh, yeah. We were asked if we wanted to do homeschooling. We said no way. We, we want our not. friends. Yeah. We want, we want to be in school. Yeah.
0: So how often do you have to miss out on school, though? How often are you out touring? where you're Not
14: school? that often because uh, we accommodate everything in our schedule so that yeah. it doesn't interfere with school. Because that's actually one of our main goals. Yeah, it's to be uh, to have academic progress is is a, so, like, yeah. top of the line something that we need.
0: All right. So <laughs> the show is Don't Worry, Be Jewish. Right. Yes. Um, where is this playing?
14: This is playing uh, at the Promise Theater. Promise Theater.
0: Where do you know where that's located? Uh, buh,
14: buh. Uh, I believe it's on 90 91st ninety first Street between uh, 1st and 2nd Avenue. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, You getting
0: the nod? That you yeah.
14: <laughs> <laughs>
0: We're getting it. All right. And that's uh, May 10th through June 4th. Right. Um, the yep. website is dontworrybejewish.com. Right.
14: right. And there's a link uh, to buy the tickets on dontworrybejewish.com. Always
0: yeah. a good Good right.
14: thing. Don't worry, be Jewish. No spaces, no apostrophe. Right? Straightforward.
0: All right. Okay. So, Nathan Kay and Jasmine Petraru.
14: Yep. Yep, that's us.
0: Glad to have you on. I don't know whether to be excited or disturbed that we have two 13 year old children who are better <laughs> than our president. In the- oh,
14: thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Oh, that's. Yay.
0: So, best of luck with your run. Thank
14: you. Thanks. Thank you.
3: This is F. Murray Abraham with Almost an Evening. You're listening to Broadway Bullet. Shoot on down here. What's your favorite part,
0: getting to swear a hundred times a night? I think the laughs, just getting those laughs that I haven't heard in years, man. No one laughs like that anymore. It's a pleasure. It's really healthy. It was really something to see, an act of your caliber in this intimate of a space, I have to say. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye. Top of the Trades. The last time Stephen Sondheim and George Firth's Merrily We Roll Along was seen on Broadway was for two weeks back in 1981. Since that production, it has been mounted by theaters across the country and has been rumored to be coming back to the Great White Way. Will it? In an online interview with BroadwayWorld.com, Sondheim and Artistic Director of Roundabout Theatre Company, Todd Hames, the show will, cross your fingers, be coming back in the 2009-10 Broadway season as part of Roundabout Theatre Company's season. In other Sondheim news... The composer-lyricist said that his backstage musical Follies is in the works for a film production. Sondheim stated that there was talk of a big-time director and big-time star to be involved but was tight-lipped on the details. He also mentioned that Steven Spielberg would like to remake West Side Story, but that rumor remains to be seen. And in other Steven news, Stephen King and John Mellencamp's Ghost Brothers of Darkwood County, an original musical due to premiere at the Alliance Theatre in Atlanta, Georgia, has been cancelled. The show, which was to close the 2008-2009 season at Alliance, has been postponed due to unforeseen scheduling conflicts. Susan Booth, Artistic Director of the Alliance, said that the show will make it back for the 2009-2010 season. (coughs) Top of the Trades is sponsored by BroadwayWorld.com. Visit BroadwayWorld.com for all of your theater community and Broadway news. Curtain Call. Well, that wraps up this episode. We've got a lot of great stuff coming up in the works. Uh, Carrie Butler is supposed to be coming in the studio in about an hour, so uh, her interview should be on next episode. We've also got Danny Bernstein, currently in South Pacific, Tony nominee for Drowsy Chaperone, coming in. We'll be on the next episode. and Who knows? We're going to have a lot of great stuff. Tony nominations are coming up soon. Uh, We might be having some very special advanced coverage next week. Uh, You might not have to wait two weeks for the next episode. We'll see. Uh, they don't give out press coverage till last minute, but they gave us the credentials last year, so I'm hoping they give it to us this year. So, uh, again, I'm your host, Michael Gilbo. It's been great having you on board. Look forward to seeing you at our new website. Take advantage of the new uh, all the new features, the events, the classifieds, the better forums. Take advantage of that great discount, the $35 tickets for Almost an Evening, by going to almostanevening.com slash Bullet. And we're going to leave you this episode with some of the audience reactions coming out of Almost an Evening when I saw it. Julianne, mm-hmm. where are you from? Um, I live here in Brooklyn. <laughs> and uh, what was your favorite part of the show?
8: Wow, I thought, it was, uh, I thought it was very well done all around. I mean, it was... You're talking about just how crisp it was this, down to the set changes, but um, especially that last vignette, the, um, the debate. I, I mean, beyond just liking what
10: I had to say and the little repartee between the two gods... Um, yeah I think you do walk away with something to think about so I thought it was very well done very um,
8: on point acting and of course on point writing so I enjoyed it I had a great time
9: I'm Dave oh, it was hilarious it was it was amazing F. Maria Abraham was fantastic everybody in the cast was amazing what was your favorite part
1: oh geez I don't know I mean the beginning just the whole hell purgatory hell and purgatory was amazing and then um, the end, just the judgmental God. I mean, it's, Ethan Cohen's amazing writer, and it still shows, you know,
9: just from seeing his films from growing up and now seeing it in, on stage, is, it's great, you know? I mean, I wasn't let down at all. It was hilarious.
7: Jennifer Hawkins. I loved it. It was fun. A lot of fun. Each play was um, unpredictable. I didn't know what to expect, and it's a little quirky, a little offhanded. It's cute. Fun.
0: Great, well thanks Enjoyed for speaking with the Broadway Bullets. It.
7: Yeah, sure.
3: All it's just so ominous. Like, oh. The Broadway wow, Broadway. this could really happen.
11: We're starved, so Chimaudi should an audition come up? We are so ready and raring.
1: So, Jake Castle says my name, and I'm in the can. Actually, the parfait thing comes from my whole life. People just going, vulture, boggler.
3: so it didn't take much though when
4: he um, proposed i said yes
2: it's fun to know that those lines will stay in the show when other actors do it in the future
6: the hairs went up on the back of my neck was a thrilling moment
0: things with the audience and explore them a little bit. So, a little more about our brand new theater and business arts major. I know what most theater programs are like, and I've talked to thousands of artists. All of this told me that a new style of theater major was needed. Theater majors can get a pretty good arts education just about anywhere, but most programs do very little to prepare actors, directors, playwrights, technicians, producers, etc. to manage their careers. When you go into the arts, you are your own business, and you need to manage that to strategically plan for your career to grow. If you've listened to many of these interviews, you know you need to be self-starters to create your own opportunities. I'm going to make sure you are ready for that world. You'll get a ton of opportunities as an undergraduate. Actors will act, even as freshmen. Designers will design shows right away. Playwrights will see their shows mounted. Directors will direct. Producers will handle shows from inception to execution. Outstanding guest artists will conduct workshops, and outstanding students will even work on this podcast and travel to New York with me for interview weeks. And if that isn't enough, we've got an amazing program that will pay all or part of your student loan payments, even private loans, if you are earning less than $40,000 six months after graduation. That is an invaluable option that lets you pursue your passion in theater with less financial pressure if interested and i hope you are go to broadwaybullet.com i'd love to help you launch your career